0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where we teach you how to grow on social media by talking to people who have actually done it. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by surf. And today is a takeaways episode. And if you're here, what a takeaways episode is, is where I sit down and break down those recent podcast episode of the week. And today we're discussing my conversation with Michael Lazaro. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the full podcast with Michael yet, I highly recommend you go back and do so. It'll be the one right below this episode in your podcast app. But if you don't have time to listen to a one hour interview, I respect your time. So, quick TLDR on who Michael is Michael is a serial entrepreneur who has founded several successful media companies including buddy media which was acquired by salesforce or i believe i could be honest but the number reported number was around 700 million dollars was acquired by salesforce and today he's a co-founder of and managing partner of velvet sea ventures which is over 400 million dollars worth of assets under management in the web 3 and nft space and if you're new to what if you don't know what those terms are so web 3 basically encapsulates this is a very quick and layman's explanation but Encapsulates crypto, NFTs, and, and all the things like that. Um, and so, if you're wondering, like, why did you, why have Michael on the podcast? You know, that this podcast was supposed to be interviewing YouTubers and TikTokers, which 100% that's a valid question to ask. Um, but first off, if you have the opportunity to speak to somebody like Michael, you don't turn that opportunity down. <laughs> And two, there's probably going to be a few more NFT and Web3 interviews coming on the podcast over the next several weeks. Um, one, just because I think it's important for content creators like yourself to understand the space because it's only going to become more and more prominent in your world, in the creator economy. I saw a stat, I think, I'm think i trying to think what it was, I think it was you need to sell, maybe it was like 100 NFTs as an, as, as a, as an artist, if you're a musician, you need to sell like, I think it was like 100 NFTs at point or 10 nfts it was a crazy number at like 0.25 ethereum and that is the equivalent of getting 1 million streams on spotify so web 3 nfts crypto this whole world is going to change the dynamics for a creator and their audience the creator and their community and so it's important i think you know i were to for you if as a listener of the show to get some early if you aren't in it already to get some more knowledge and info and learn about the space because it's going to be important in, in the coming years. I, I truly believe so. And so I was lucky to get Michael Lincoln. Another reason for that is I was recently at VCon, uh, which is Gary V's convention. And now, uh, the, the, the conference, a big theme of that conference is around Web3 and NFTs, and I was able to book podcast guests based on the fact that I was going to be a VCon. So I met some people. I reached out to some people before. The intent was to record some podcasts there. We had some scheduling conflicts. So I ended up recording zero podcasts at VCon. I lugged all my gear from Canada to the States to do that. And then just every single interview we had lined up fell through. And uh, anyways, So there's going to be some more conversations around Web3 NFTs coming on this podcast, likely in the next couple of weeks, next coming weeks, I should say. Maybe not next three weeks, but who knows? There's more interviews coming. Uh, Michael is the first one, and I think this is going to be a very difficult one to top. I had an unbelievable conversation with Michael. And again, if he's listening to this, Michael, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on the podcast. I had, had a great time chatting with you. I have a lot of takeaways here. Now, I try to keep these episodes under 15 minutes. I got a lot of takeaways here. I'm going to try and fire through these bullet point times to be respectful of your time. Um, but I have, I have more and more takeaways than normal for my conversation with Michael. So my first takeaway here, I'll just get right into these, is that Michael's superpower is hard work. You know, there's that, that cliche saying, but you know, cliches are cliches for a reason that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And you know, if you have talent and you work hard, it's pretty hard to stop you. And I think that that's interesting. Cause you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm a big believer in trying to do more of can just focusing on controlling what I can control and you can control how hard you work. And I do understand, you know, there's some nuances conversation. That there is also balance in life and take, you know, it's not all work all the time. And I understand that, but since we're talking about VCon, one thing Gary talked about at the conference was we live in a world of, and we live in a world of, or when we should be in a world of, and where it's not hard work or balance, it can be hard work and balance. They don't need to be mutually exclusive things. Now, it's just the first thing I know down, you know, we were talking, I asked Mike, like, what is your superpower? And the first thing he said was hard work. Cause you can control that. You can also control the hours you're working hard. You know, hard work doesn't have to be 18 hours a day. You could work really hard for nine hours a day and then you have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. But I thought that was an important thing. You know, someone as successful as Michael, who's, who's, again, he sold his one company Buddy Media, for around $700 million, but he also, I believe every other company leading up to that, the product companies, they were also acquired. So he's wildly successful at at many different companies and fields. And the first thing he said his superpower was, was hard work. Another thing that I will say that just, you know, I granted, I I haven't known Michael very long. I've spoken to him for one hour and I did some research before, Um, but I will say one thing that he's also very good at is is staying at the cutting edge. You know, he knows what's coming next. He knows he sees opportunities before a lot of people do. And I asked him how he did that. And he said, the one thing, you know, he says he reads a lot. Well, yes, reading is important, kind of staying up to date on what's happening, of course. But what he also said, too, is, is he's very curious about innovation you know and the quote he had and uh, i wrote it down here was if it's been done before it loses interest for me you know it's it, if it's never been done before is that that's where he gets curious and you know i, I don't want you to over analyze the, the it's never been done before you know like when i hear you know when like my brain when it's never been done before i think of going to the moon for the first time it's never been done before you know but i think you also can look kind of that's obviously looking at a macro that's a big picture but i think we can also zoom in a little bit because it's not like you're looking for, especially now with NFTs, you're not looking for the first NFT project because it's never been done before, but what are NFT projects doing that no other NFT project has done before? What are other content creators doing that has no creator has ever been done before? You know, like Jimmy or Mr. Beast wasn't the first YouTuber ever, but he was the first YouTuber to do it in the way that he's currently doing it with these massive, massive investment and reinvestment into his channel, a lot of paying money out to his subscribers in the videos just building incredible sets for one-off videos. You know, he's doing YouTube in a way that's innovative. that's never been done before. And so that's innovation. And so I think that that's an interesting thing is look for, if you want to know what's coming next, if you want to know what's going to be the next big thing, it's one, look for what's never been done before, but also look for, this is just a side note that I heard someone say in a podcast recently is look for what the the smartest people you know are doing on the weekends that no one else is doing. That's what's going to, that's what's going to be coming next but also what's on the cutting edge is look for what's never been done before you know in michael's case it's a natural thing for him he just loses interest if it's been done before uh, but that's a way that you can stay on the cutting edge like michael another thing too that i really want and i even called it out on the podcast i turned it into a question but one thing that michael has done throughout his career that's allowed him to stay at the cutting edge is he is has the abilities humble enough to go back to being a beginner and having a beginner's mind. You know, despite all of the success that he's had, he's able to do that. And that's rare. You know, even for people who have had a lot less success than Michael has had in their careers, already get a level of arrogance that they know what they're doing. You know, Michael's quote here, another one that he said, there's a few quotes that he said that were just awesome in this podcast. But he said, you know, people think when you make a lot of money, you know everything. But the truth is, you just got lucky. And of course, like talking, there's hard work behind that luck. You know, luck is when prepper, what is it? Luck is when preparation, and I don't know what the exact quote is, but luck happens. You're, you're, the likelihood of you getting luckier increases the harder you work, the more you work. The harder you work, not the more necessarily. The harder you work, we'll say. But there is a level, once you find success, you know you, you tend, people, not you specifically, but people tend to think about you and you think about yourself that you know what you're doing because you've had success. And it's hard to have success and kind of be at the top and willingly walk back down the mountain to the bottom to start the climb all over again. That's not easy and not a lot of people can do that. And I, and again, Michael has done it with NFTs. I'm sure he's done it previously in his career. And see, he, but he says he loves the beginner's mind. You know, he loves something new. And when he finds that thing that he sinks into, you know, he, he dedicates himself to it. That's how he's able to stay at the lead again. She's looking for what's curious. When he finds something, or looking for what's innovative. When he finds something that's innovative, he has the ability the, hum, the, like I said, the ability to restart from zero and become a beginner all over again. And he dedicates himself to, you know, he's talking about when it came to NFTs, he was learning, he, when he was started learning, you know, he was taking time after family internet, I think it was like three hours or something. He was locking himself in a room and he, he was reading and watching videos and talking to people he knows in the space, just trying to do everything and anything that he can to learn. And I just think that that's something worth commending and something that you should remember. You know, sometimes I even feel like, and I haven't had really much success at all, but the idea of going back back to the beginning i'm just kind of like oh man i don't know if i want to do that but someone like michael again who's one of his companies that was acquired because he has had multiple of his companies acquired for 700 ish million dollars give or take a few million in either direction is willing to do that i think you and i should be able to do that too now let's get into some like nft specific takeaways from my conversation with Michael again i think this is a very important space and you should if you haven't already you know, if you're a creator listening to this, if you haven't explored the world even a little bit, I would recommend you do so, because again, I think it's going to, again, we're in a bit of a dip right now. <laughs> of course, you know everything's down, which means there's a sale. There's a sale on crypto, that, so you can get in for cheaper than you could a couple months ago. So look at it that way. But I think this has only become more prominent in, in your world, in our world, over the next coming months and years. Um, but one one thing that Mike said that was really interesting around NFTs, and you'll probably relate to this as a creator. Because NFTs are not the product, right? So don't look at NFTs as this new product thing you have to build. And the, the real product is the community. The community is the product. People don't buy an NFT. They do a little bit, but people... Over time, and we'll see this This is already starting to happen and we'll see it continue to happen. You know, people have bought NFTs for artwork, of course, but the real thing that people are looking for when they buy an NFT is at least that they know what they're doing is they're looking at the community behind the NFT, behind the artwork, because that's what matters. You know, I remember like if you look at, for example, we could even use Gary's V friends as an example. Yes, the, the series two, his new artwork is fantastic. They hired professionals to do it and it looks great. I have one. Um, I don't have a series one, but if you look at the series one, they're all hand drawn images. The art, if you were looking at it at just face value of the art, they're not very good. I will gladly say that. But despite that, people were spending thousands of dollars to buy one. Why? Because it's a community behind the artwork. And that is the real product. And you as a content creator, you have a advantage in this space because if you're a creator, odds are you have an audience. Even if it's small, you have an audience. Your goal as a creator is to build a community. You know, you'll have that advantage. If you know how to build a community around yourself and your content, you'll be able to do it around NFT as well. And I just think that that's an important distinction. NFTs themselves are not the product. Community is the product. And with that community piece, I asked Michael, you know, Gary's ta- Gary B's talked a lot about like 99% of these NFT projects you see today are going to go to zero. And so what's going to separate? that 1% that don't. And he said the long-term success of an NFT project, just about anything in general, which again applies to you as a creator, is it requires a solid community. And that's what's gonna differentiate you. If you have people that genuinely care about the product, that is what's going to help it survive. If you as a creator, have a community behind you that genuinely care about you and the content that's going to sustain you in the long run. If you're somebody who has built an audience, a following, I will say, based off of doing viral TikTok trends, that's not going to be as easy to sustain as someone who's creating innovative content that's never been done before for a community that is genuinely interested in that content. And the same thing with NFTs, right? You want to build a, pro- actually that leads me to my next day was how, what exactly like, how do you define a successful community? How do you build a, com- like a successful community? And Michael was saying that it's rallying like-minded people around a shared interest. Sorry, like-minded people who share a similar interest. That's how you build a successful community. Like, that's why you need to have a, a mission behind your NFT or mission behind your content, behind your YouTube channel. Why are they watching? You know, if they're buying your NFT project because they think they're gonna be able to flip it in, in two days and, and double their money, that's not a solid community. But if you have a group of people that buy into a project because they believe in the IP that is being built here and what the the people behind the NFT are going to do, the long-term vision for that project, and they love that, and, you know, and there's good vibes in the community, and the people get along, and they wanna see success with the community, that's gonna separate. That's gonna help your community survive in the long-term. Same thing as a content creator, right? If you have people who want to see you win, who are, who are creating additional content off of your kind, you know, I see like creators, I think it's KSI will react to memes of himself and things like that. That's a solid community, you know. Versus, like I said, versus a TikToker who went viral doing a dance, it's gonna be hard to sustain that. There's gonna be some that do, you know. Charlie (laughs) D'Amelio, she's probably gonna stick around for a while, but someone from your high school that did a couple dances in a bikini and got three hundred thousand followers on TikTok, odds of us hearing about them in twelve months, not very high. So you want to focus on building a solid community, which is rallying like-minded people who share a similar interest. Together. One thing too, I thought was interesting with Michael, and we're, we're not going to hit the, the 50 minute mark. I apologize. I have three takeaways left, so we'll be out of here shortly. But like I said, I had a lot from talking to Michael. You know, I asked him about building his first NFT project. So Michael got in very early, relatively early too, to the NFT world, and he's only building his project now in 2022. So it's been about, what is that? <laughs> I was going to say it's been a long time. It's been like a year and a bit, which is crazy. The NFT world moves. It's It's fast. It's fast. It feels like we've been here for like five years. He's been, it's been like a year and a bit, probably like two years. We'll say just at least number two years since Michael's been in the NFT world. And I asked him, you know, why, why now? Why'd you wait to build your project? There's been so many projects that are popping up. People have made millions of dollars. Why have you waited? And what he told me was he was, he, he didn't build it initially because he didn't have any ideas and he wanted to learn. So he didn't want to just throw a project out there to make some money and, and disappoint people. <laughs> you know. He wanted to spend the time, like we said he did, to go back to square one, to zero, whatever, to be a beginner again. And he wanted to make sure he fully understood the space before asking people for money in the space, right? Does that, that make sense? And two, which I think is really, really, really important. I really want to highlight this point. He didn't have any ideas. And I think that I, I, why it's important to me is, you know, you see, you don't want somebody who's going to build a business, which NFTs are, that is doing it without like, because if you don't have an idea, you're not going to love whatever you're building. If you're just trying to throw something to get there, to get a product out there, to get an NFT out there, to, to make money, That's one, going to be tough to sustain as a project. And two, it's going to be tough to sustain for you as an individual. You need to love what you're doing. You need to have an idea you genuinely care about. And so I like that Michael took the time. He was intentional about the project he was going to build. And now he's building one around festivals. You know, he's a big music guy. He's going to get a community of just music people involved. And so I just love that he waited for the right idea. And of course, again, it's, there's a conversation here around, there's a nuance of waiting too long for the perfect idea and rushing in with just a half-baked whatever, let's just get it out there so we can make money, right? There's, there's a middle ground here. And I think that's a lot of life, you know, it's not black and white, there is a lot of gray, but I like that he waited a certain amount of time for the right idea and to learn properly about the space before asking people for their money. I have two other things that michael said now i'm jumping to my last two points here these are non NFT related these are just two profound things that michael said at the end of the podcast that i really want to to highlight for you here you know the first one is he was talking about how people you know young people now they go through so much pain and misery for one moment for social media you know people talk you know it's like they go for a hike Early in the morning, they hate the hike all the way up there. There's bugs. It's hot. They're not enjoying themselves. For that one picture on Instagram, that they can post to their friends so that they can let them know, "Hey, I hike, look at all this cool stuff I'm doing." Even though they hated the whole hike, they don't like out. You know, they don't like. They didn't like it at all. They are tired. They're grumpy. They fought with their spouse because they both got up early and they were both grumpies so and they had an argument on their way up. But they got that picture. You know, people go through so much pain and misery for one Instagramable moment. And he just said that, and I was like, "Damn." That is good, you know, and I made me realize too. Like, that's why I don't know if you follow me on Instagram or not. And I'm not using this as like a plug, but what I've tried to start doing is instead of posting the Instagramable moments, I'm posting, and I'm not trying to say like I I know what I'm doing, and this is uh, this isn't why I did this. I might had a goal in this year with New Year's was to take more pictures and to keep myself accountable. It was to post a photo dump on Instagram every single week. Um, of like seven to 10 photos every week from my week. So it just keeps me cannibal to take more photos because I want those memories. And, anyways, but so now I'm taking all these photos. One thing I noticed, and, and actually, my good friend Hayden cash in points out to me when we were at VCon because I was posting photo dumps every day at VCon I just got enough pictures I knew I wasn't going to have. I could, not had enough pictures I could post seven to 10 every day. So I was doing that. And what Hayden said to me, which I thought was interesting, and I didn't realize I was doing this, was that the the photo dumps aren't necessarily highlights. They're just moments. And I'm not going out of my way to take these special cool photos. all the, I just take them when I'm in the moment and I don't go my way to create that moment. It's the moments that I'm in naturally. And Hayden kind of pointed out that, you know, it's not the highlights. It's just it's just the moments. And I think that's really cool. And hearing my kind of talk about how people go through pain and misery for that one Instagrammable moment, I was like, yeah, no, they do. And I didn't realize that I was doing the reverse of that where I'm, Just taking pictures, which also, but I have been that person who's looked for the Instagram moment and has cared about what my grid looks like, what my, you know, what are people going to see when they land on my page, which still does matter to an extent. I get it, but you know, it's, it's more so my new approach to Instagram, social media and Instagram, my TikTok's different, but for my Instagram, for these pictures, is just live my life and, and post that instead of revolving my, my life around what I'm going to post. And I just, Michael said it in the podcast, and it was just profound, I really liked it, and so I wanted to throw it in here at the end. And the last thing I will say, my last takeaway, which was the last answer Michael gave on the podcast, was I asked him, you know, what's the, he was talking a really important question, you know, it's, are you working on the right things? Things, plural, maybe, singular, potentially. But the actual quote was, are you working on the right things? And it's an important question to ask yourself. You know, it's kind of, we can even tie it back into the previous takeaway around people are going through pain and misery for one Instagram moment. I believe that people are going through so much pain and misery at work to say they have a cool fucking title. I believe that. I genuinely believe that. I've been like that, you know, I (laughs) ran a business that I didn't enjoy, but I could say I had my own company. I was an entrepreneur, you know. I, I believe that, you know, people, you know, are you working? So it's important to ask yourself, are you working on the right things? Does it make you happy? Do you enjoy what you're doing? Are you wasting your time? Should you be working on something else? But it all boils down to that one question. Are you working on the right things? And you should ask yourself, take some time. Think about that question genuinely because it's important. You know, you got one shot here as far as we know on this earth. So wasting and doing something you're not, excited about isn't worth your time your time is valuable i think it's valuable i think you should too so ask yourself are you working on the right things but i would say that this was a valuable use of your time Listening to this podcast. I appreciate you so much for taking time to check out this episode. Whether you listen the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, if you listen to my interview with Michael as well, or you only listen to the takeaways, I really appreciate you for taking time to check this out. Do me a big favor, go and follow Michael on Twitter. Go and check out his NFT project super I didn't talk about a lot in here, but I, if you're a music fan, especially a music festivals fan, I highly recommend you check it out. I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes down below so you can find it. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me everywhere on social media at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. If you did enjoy today's podcast, be sure to share it with a friend, either this takeaways or better yet, the interview with Michael. I would really appreciate if you share it with just one person who you think could could do, could find some value for listening to this. And if you enjoy it yourself, please consider leaving us leaving us a positive rating and review and subscribing to the show. I put a brand new interviews every single Tuesday and a brand new takeaways episode like this is an audio exclusive where I sit down and break down the most recent podcast episode of the week every single Thursday. As always, today's podcast is powered by Surf. Thank you once again for listening. We'll talk soon.